This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. So it's the beginning of 2020, and in last episode 200, we heard from podcast listeners all about their 2020 jazz and musical goals. And one of the goals that I heard up come time and time again is the feeling of wanting to be able to improvise freely and organically without having to think about it, without being stuck in resorting to licks and scales that they already know. So in today's podcast episode, I'm going to be going over three ways to start improvising organically, actual things that you can start doing right now at the beginning of the year to start setting you up for success in your musical goals and start taking your jazz improvisation to the next level. Let's crush this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. It is 2020. I am so excited. This is the first podcast episode of 2020. Uh, listen, I have to say, and a lot of you probably already know this because you were looking at your podcast feed and, uh, you know, started getting angry with me, but for the first time in LGS podcast history, like three years plus, like three and a half, oh wait, is it four years? Oh man, I'm losing track now. I missed an, a week of, of the podcast. Now I did this because I went on a two and a half long, uh, week vacation, uh, I had pre-recorded a bunch of material already, and I just couldn't get to it, and it was episode 200, so uh, I, I appreciate your forgiveness here. Uh, it was a big act of self-restraint for me not to frantically jump back into the office and record a quick episode and pump it out, but my dedication is to coming out with excellent, great content for you guys Every single time, so that you get a lot of benefit from it. So we're back on track today. Uh, you know, we are going to crush it on the podcast this year. I have so many exciting things planned, and like I said today, today's episode is an important one, and that's three ways to start improvising organically because we get tired of getting stuck regurgitating licks. We finally get up there on the bandstand or you had a jam session or play play a gig. And we feel stuck with playing scales or playing a lick that we learned or, uh, you know, you're starting to plan the beginning of your solo before we've even started. You know, it's all these things that are, are keeping us in our head and keeping us away from creatively improvising genuinely and organically. So we're going to jump into that today. But before we do that, uh, a little bit of house cleaning, like what's going to happen this year on Learn Jazz Standards, not only in the podcast, but on the YouTube channel, uh, on our blog, and in what what other courses and things are coming out. Like a lot of you are wondering that. I've been hearing from some of you emails and etc. All that stuff. Um, the, I th- wow, this is going to be an exciting year. 
me and the team have been planning like crazy for this year, and this is going to be a good one. Starting with, uh, we're coming out very soon. I'm going to announce the name of the book very soon. It's it's a new book, and I've never done something like this before. It is what I believe is the first book on jazz improvisation, how to become a great jazz improviser. That is not a music method book. It's more like a self-help book. I'm going to be selling it on Amazon uh, for, for ch- as cheap as I possibly can, and it's going to be available in physical format. So me and the team are working pretty hard on that right now, and I'm really excited to release that one because it's going to be one of those books that you're just going to want to have on your shelf uh, just to reference and uh, it's really just me telling stories and me teaching and just giving process. So that's what I'm excited about. Really excited about uh, the big thing that's happening this year for Learn Jazz Standards. And that is uh, we're going to be launching a membership uh, a little later on, May, June-ish. We're, we're working on getting an exact date down. But this is a good, this is going to be a really special membership where we're going to have a Jazz Standards Club where we're just studying one jazz standard every single month in depth. And this is the year of community. 2020 is the year of community because what I've heard time and time again from everybody is that community is really important to them growing as a jazz musician. It's really important for them feeling like they're included in something bigger, that they're not just alone sitting in a practice room. And that's what this membership is going to be all about. We're also going to have um, a higher level of the membership for um, people that really want to be invested. There's going to be some great things involved in that, including access to all of the courses that we have. So, man, exciting, exciting year is about to happen here. I've got lots of great guests planned for the podcast. Uh, I've got some different kinds of episodes that are in the works that we're going to just switch things up a little bit. Um, we're going to have some website redesigns, just a lot of stuff. So really excited. So make sure that you're subscribed to the newsletter at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash join. And uh, that will make sure you're locked into that. That's where everybody hears about everything that's going on. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. This is going to be a killer year for us to all grow as jazz musicians. And I'm excited to be a small part of that journey for you. All right, enough of that. Enough uh, talking about the business side of things. Let's jump right into the content. Three ways to start improvising organically. Okay, so just to reiterate the problem, okay, the problem is, it, it, you know, I'm sure that you can relate to this because I can relate to this at times, right? The problem is we go out to improvise and we have a hard time just improvising and playing great melodies without having to think about it because that's when great improvisation truly happens is when it's not something we've premeditated. It's not something we're trying to calculate. We're not trying to regurgitate the things we've been working on in the practice room. It just comes out like all the work we did in the practice room is now finally starting to come out. But it's hard for us to separate that intellectual side with that creative side and to truly let ourselves go and be in the moment. So how do we actually do that? It means we have to train for that. Okay, let me say that one more time. It means we have to train for that. And that's why the practice room is important. It's not necessarily so that you can play perfect solos and that you've rehearsed everything to be perfect because that's not what jazz and improvisation is about. It's about playing organically and expressing yourself in the moment. But in order to do that, 
we need to prepare ourselves for that. So let me start going over these three ways that we can prepare ourselves to start truly improvising organically so that things aren't calculated, so that things sound musical. And that's those moments where you're like, yes, that was awesome. I'm totally excited. All right. So uh, let's go over number one. Number one, practice improvising free melodies. Number one, practice improvising free melodies. Now, this is a very Kenny Werner esque thing. Uh, if you've ever read his book, Effortless Mastery, uh, he talks about playing uh, these melodies freely. Okay. So, starting your practice session by just playing melodies. Now, what do I mean by free? I don't mean avant garde. I don't mean weird. I don't mean anything, although it can be all those things if you want it to be. I simply mean you sit down with your instrument, and I'm here with my guitar right now, okay? And you just start to play melodies. Now, the point of this is not to play something that you've memorized. The point is to start playing notes and allow yourself to explore, all right? So, for example, I have no idea what I'm going to play right now. In fact, I just came from a vacation, and I haven't played my guitar in two and a half weeks. This is literally the first time, and I'm just sitting in front of my guitar, and I'm trying to engage myself with music. So, I'm going to go ahead and just start improvising melodies freely for a little bit, and then I'll come back to you. So you see what I did there? Well, I, I don't know what I did there. That That's the point. I, the, the whole point there was 
we're playing me- melodies and music that we've never preconceived before. Now, obviously, you could tell that my brain was kind of going to some familiar places, but then every once in a while, I'm hitting a note that doesn't really sound diatonic or it doesn't really make sense maybe to what I was doing before, but that doesn't matter because then I can just keep going with it, right? But this takes practice. So uh, step number one, or not necessarily step number one, but way number one is to practice improvising free melodies like this. And a great time to do this is right at the beginning of your practice session. So this is before you start really working on things that you are trying to calculate and you are trying to make exact. Does that make sense? So spend a little time at the beginning of your practice session, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, whatever time you actually have to practice, and just play free melodies just like that. And and allow yourself to make quote-unquote mistakes because those mistakes are incredible opportunities, my friends, to really figure out how musical you can be with those things. And again, This is all about being creative. It's not about being self-conscious of everything being perfect, because guess what? You're never going to improve if you're always worried about being perfect, all right? Make those mistakes. Hit those wrong notes. Every wrong note is an opportunity for a beautiful, great, unique, creative melody, all right? So that's number one, practice improvising free melodies. Okay, number two, way number two to improvise organically is to recompose licks, recompose licks. Now I hear this a lot from people saying, uh, you know, I learned this lick and I, I learned it in all 12 keys, but then every single time that chord progression comes up in the song, you know, I don't time it right. And then I miss it. And so I'm not able to play the lick properly. And the problem with this way of thinking about licks is that it's not going to sound organic. You know, even if you were able to execute all of these licks in order whenever the certain chord progressions come up in the tune that you're playing, it's going to sound calculated. It's going to sound like you're just copy and pasting sound bites that don't necessarily fit together. That's not organic, and that's what we're going for. Now, the purpose of learning licks, the purpose of internalizing those licks is to get the essence and learn that jazz language. That's the whole point of doing it, but it's not necessarily to play it verbatim. So when I say recompose licks, I'm talking about taking an idea that you learned and trying to figure out a new way to play it. So for example, um, here is... This is a classic 251 lick that people who've listened to the podcast probably recognize this. So 251 in concert C is D minor. Well, let's not do concert C. Let's do F. Is G minor 7, C7, and F major 7. Okay? Okay, so here it is. So I always like using this lick as an example because it just so perfectly outlines all those changes. It's it's uh, oops starts basically a G minor seven arpeggio and just walks back up it and then it kind of lands on a sus at first but goes that's the sus right there of the C seven but then it hits this note right here, right? This is a very nice note. What is that? It's a flat nine. And resolves to the third of the F major seven. So so for me, there's a perfect amount of tension and release in that. So the main things I really take from that lick is 
playing around with the arpeggio of the minor two chord and really hitting that flat nine of the C7 chord of the five chord, right? So basically what we can start doing, and this is where things get fun, is we can practice recomposing this lick. So in other words, I want to take some ideas from it, but I want to start making it mine. I'll explain in one second why making it mine is going to help you play more organically. But let me just fool around with some ideas really quick. Okay, there's one idea right there. Uh, let's try something else. Okay, so took it up the octave there on that one, messed around with uh, going up and down the arpeggio a little bit, but I'm still hitting that flat nine in there, right? Because that's kind of what I'm really going for, and I want to mess around with the arpeggio on the two chord. Let's do one more for good measure, see if I can come up with something else. Okay, so they're all similar to each other, but a little bit different. That one I was using a lot of enclosure to bring home uh, some of those core tones and really uh, target them, but I'm still using that flat nine, and um, I like resolving to that three as well on the one chord because that's a really powerful chord tone to land on, right? It really gives us a lot of resolution and defines that chord. But again, this begs the question, why is it important to recompose licks? How is this going to truly help us start improvising more organically? We don't want to be regurgitating these licks, like I've already said. And when we learn how to express ideas on our own, when we take the time to compose things on our own and and express our own ideas, create our own ideas, these are the things that are going to stick in our head better than licks and ideas from other people. So that's kind of the first point there is that when we create things for our own, it's truly coming from us, which means that it lives somewhere in our brain. It lives somewhere in the knowledge that we have. And we're putting to use this exercise of composing. It's helping us really think critically about what is it about that lick that I learned that I really like or that really defines it, but how can I make my own spin on it, okay? So this also helps us to start thinking creatively, right? And we're able to think creatively and do that at a slower pace, aka composing. When it comes to improvising, the more we're prepared in this way, the easier it's going to be for us to compose and create ideas quickly on the fly. So this is taking a micro level, which is licks, and we're not only taking ideas that are true to us, that we're composing, we're practicing that composing and being creative and thinking critically so that that translates when we actually get out into a playing situation. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's way number two, recompose licks. Now, in this same vein, we get to way number three, which is to compose solos. Now, we've heard a lot about you know learning solos by ear, uh, learning from the greats off of records, and this is a great way to learn jazz language, and it definitely is. Uh, I preach this as a macro form of language, uh, a way to get a bird's eye view to understand how a great jazz musician approached a certain jazz standard, and th that really can help us get inside of their brain, and there's so much to be learned from that. And while 
while that's good and I want you to do that, I also want you to be composing your own solos over top of jazz standards. Now, again, why do we do that? This goes to a lot of the points that I made uh, in the last one in, in do, recomposing the licks. And that is, if we truly want to be great improvisers, we have to practice slowing that process down, right? You know, improvising is composing sped up. You may have heard that before, and I believe that is true. So if you really want to get great at improvising and, and improvising organically, the best way to do that is to compose stuff by yourself. Now, my students in my Jazz Blues Accelerator course know this is really helpful because in that course, we have them learning etudes and taking things into different keys and all that good stuff that can help set them up for success. But then at the each uh, at the end of each one of the modules in the course, they are asked to compose an etude using the knowledge that they've learned from that module over the blues. And uh, I've heard so many great ideas from people and have heard so many great things of how this has helped them really improve and take things to the next level by forcing themselves to compose these ideas. These are the things that are going to come out more organically for them. And when it comes to speeding that process up, aka improvising, it's going to be so much easier because their brain is already thinking that way. They're starting to use ideas that came from them, not from somebody else. And this is how we start to set ourselves up for success if we want to play in the moment organically. So in that spirit, here is uh, a blues that I composed several years ago for one of my eBooks. And uh, it's an etude that I, I composed myself. And every time I've done this, whether it's been um, just for my own practice sake or whether it's been making uh, eBooks or courses for you guys, it's been very helpful for me. So take a listen to my uh, etude that I wrote over top of uh, this blues. So uh, that was an etude over a blues. Now, that's another great thing you can do is, is not only just compose a solo, you can use specific concepts or try to achieve something very specific musically, which is really what an etude is. An etude is um, something that tries to take a concept that you've been working on and use that concept, okay? So I compose that etude just to be very simple blues language uh, really outlining chord tones 
for my students, right? And you can do the same thing for yourself, or you can just go your free own way and create like that dream solo you always wish you could take and just make it as awesome as you ever wanted to and, you know, rewrite parts and, and, you know, really take that liberty in the practice room to actually go through that process. So this is uh, number three, compose your own solos. Now, I guarantee if you start doing this more often, it's going to improve your actual improvisation so much more because you'll have those ideas inside of you and you'll really start training your brain to work in this way. All right. So really quick review here. We went over number one, which is practice improvising free melodies. Spend a little time at the beginning of your uh, at the beginning of your practice session, just playing whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're wrong notes. In fact, wrong notes in this particular case and this exercise is a very good thing. All that matters is that you're allowing yourself to play freely, creatively, with no th- nothing really holding you back from expressing whatever you want to express in that moment. And number two, recompose licks. So take licks that you already know and see how many different ways you can manipulate them. Really great exercise for your brain will really help out. Number three, compose solo. So this is a little bit more macro here, right? We're, we're not taking an existing solo like we were with the lick, but we're really taking something from scratch over a jazz standard that we really want to work on and be able to play at a higher level, okay? So three ways to start improvising organically. I hope that you uh, take some of these to action. You don't need to do all of them. And, you know, as we go into this new year, you probably have big goals for your jazz playing. Uh, Be careful not to bite off more than you can chew. Sometimes less is more. And in fact, that's going to be something I'm preaching all year. Less is more if you want to take your jazz playing to the next level, my friends. We don't need to overwhelm ourselves with a bunch of different concepts and a bunch of different things. We want to be focusing really well, really detailed on one thing. Get that under our fingers. Get that in our brains. And that's how we're going to excel in 2020 and become better jazz musicians. Okay, that's all for today's episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. The very first episode of 2020. I uh, hope this was helpful for you. Make sure you take action. Uh, I know you are uh, going to do that. That's the only way that you're going to improve. You can listen to as many episodes as you want, but if you don't take action, you're not going to get the results. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, so much to be excited for with 2020 that's going on with Learn Jazz Standards. And um, I'm just really pumped up to help you in your jazz uh, journey. So if you've never subscribed to this podcast before, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your app or wherever. Make sure you're joining our newsletter uh, so that you're locked in at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. And I always do ask this at the end of the show. And um, this is this is something that's important to me is that you go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and just go ahead and leave a rating and review and let other people know why you like this show. It's just a simple way to give back to the show, simple way to help, um, and uh, you know that really helps us out. So go ahead and leave that rating and review. Much appreciated. Subscribe to the show, like I said, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the podcast. Happy practicing. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.